Welcome back to the Sailing Doodles podcast. Really excited to have my guest today. She is a crew member for Sailing Doodles. Uh, really amazing person and the owner of her own show, Taylor's Travels on YouTube. It is none other than a Taylor Francis. So, welcome to the Sailing Doodles podcast where we talk to all sorts of people in the sailing and boating community. It's available wherever you get your audio podcasts and on YouTube. If you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash sailing doodles. All right, and we're live. Welcome. Oh, you didn't bring your coffee with you. I was going to cheers you a bit. We can I've do some more. I've got my water. All right, cheers. well, good to have you aboard. How are you? Good. It's awesome to be back. It's definitely different yeah being on a powerboat for sure but uh it's been a great experience so far so what uh so so far we've only done really one well the one night one night out, out on the water what, mm-hmm. what's what's your thoughts on doing a power yacht so far well i think definitely leaving the dock like your the spatial awareness of the boat i think is a lot different like i feel like it's hard to maneuver this like especially you do a great job you thank you you totally have got it down but like for me i feel like i would have a hard time like docking this thing and but as far as enjoying it as a passenger i think that it's very comfortable and obviously it goes a lot faster yeah and you get where you're going quicker and it feels more home-like, I yeah. think. Like, when, out here at Anchor, it's so comfortable. Well, I think uh, that's what I've said so far, like I've said on the podcast several times, uh, is that this is more like a house that is a boat, whereas mm-hmm. a sailboat is a boat that is a house. Yes. Good um, point. So, yeah. you know, yeah. And, and it is a little more hair-raising getting off the dock, mm-hmm. um, especially there in Puerto Rey and most places in the Caribbean because they have big concrete docks. Exactly. So they're, like, not forgiving at all. <laughs> and so if you mess that up, I mean, it's, yeah. you know... Yeah, yeah, they take a big chunk out. Plus, yesterday it was pretty windy, and it was blowing us right on to the dock, so it was kind of hard to get off the dock. That's but. always fun. And it's also one of those things, like, there's so much power on this boat. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm just going into gear on that. You know, I'm not like giving just it... just barely. Barely, yeah. yeah. And so I'll just bump it, like, into gear and then take it off, because, you know, at, at, at idle, this thing will do six knots. Yeah. So, yeah. And so it's nice that you have the controls, like upstairs as well as mm-hmm. on the stern i think that definitely yeah. helps a lot yeah but what about so i mean it was nice coming over here we did 10 knots the whole way and then the last 30 minutes we bumped it up to 15 knots just to you know occasionally use that as an excuse to get yeah. some gas but it uses so much fuel when you do that so well and, and it was kind of just interesting like going out the back and looking at the wake and we were talking about it last night. I'm like, I totally want to try wakeboarding or yeah, something in the well, wake. On this big of a boat, it's not that uh, flexible yeah. or feasible. I got to adjust your camera here. Sorry. I had it. I had the levels off there too much. Sorry. Excuse me, guys. But anyway, there we go. Okay. You're good now. And yeah. It, yeah. It, it, we could try eventually do wakeboarding on it. Um, Don't know how well it would go. We need really calm conditions, I think. And um, the, the thing would be is if like, because obviously the first couple times that you do it, you know, usually you'll fall once or twice. It's sure. The, it's the going around and picking the person yeah. up. Yeah. That's the that's the pain in the butt. I don't on this know. Big of a yeah, be, and it's a lot of fuel to use too. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Maybe we'll try it once. Just try to it try once. It. We'll just yeah. try it once just to try. Say it. that I did it. But uh, hopefully, getting the new high field dinghy pretty soon in the next couple weeks. I hope, and that'll have a forty horsepower uh, uh, Yamaha. Uh, or no, sorry, Tohatsu. So it's gonna have, but and guys, if I ever say like this is I I always do this like I will I will uh, 
if I'm trying to say motor, like a dinghy motor, and I'll say, yeah, it's a 15 horse Yan- Yanmar, right? Because it's and, so standard yeah. for boat engines. But everybody's like, ah, what do you, there's no Yanmar, whatever. And I'm like, dude, I meant to say Yamaha. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was just a misspeak. And people put that in the comments. I'm just like, sorry, guys. Uh, yeah. to, in your defense, that is quite a standard boat engine. Sure. All, all things boat, whether it's, you know, sailboats are usually equipped with Yanmars and power boats are as well. So yeah. I get where well, you're coming from on that. Well, we'll kind of get, we got it. We got to set it up for a second here, but you've got some engine issues. We'll get back to that in a second, but yeah, I, I want to talk to you about your, I want to talk to you about your channel first though. Okay. Uh, so Taylor's travels, if you haven't checked it out, uh, she started it about a year ago, kind of doing some small stuff on the boat here. Yeah. Um, she, you're up to almost 150,000 subscribers. Just about actually, I'd have to look. I yeah. think, I, I think I'm, I'm very, very close, but cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Let me move that just a touch. Okay, sorry. I'm still kind of dialing in the fine tuning of this stuff, but uh, so that's awesome. And so now that's, I mean, you know, you're full time YouTuber. Yeah. Um, how's that feel? It's amazing. Um, I definitely feel very lucky and, um, you know, very fortunate to have had such a great start with you through that. And that really helped me to be able to make it a full-time job. Yeah. Cause I think a lot of people work really, really hard from the ground up and, and don't even get to make it their full-time job. They've got to, you know, do it in other ways, but a lot of people think that it's like a vacation, like a permanent vacation. Oh, no. It's a lot. I mean, it's a lot of work. Yeah. It definitely is not. So, like, you're, you're talking, it is a full time job. And that's kind of one of the reasons I have got the podcast set up like I've got here is because, like, this requires very little editing mm-hmm. or almost none. I mean, I basically put the, uh, the text on here and then clean up the audio a little. And then there you go. I'm getting better at it. Sorry, the podcast, they started off pretty poor, but there you go. Because it is a lot of work. I mean, how, how, so how, how long are you? How long does it take you to edit a video? That I still, I still haven't like nailed that down because I'm not paying attention to how much time I'm spending on it. And I'm not the kind of person who will sit down and edit a video start to finish. I usually do, like I can only focus for like three or four hours at a time and then I take a break and then I'll go back to it. But I'd say on average, probably like 15 hours at wow, least. Yeah. I'd say that was probably about right when I first started out, 15 yeah. hours. Uh, by, you know, now I could crank one out in four or five hours. Yeah. You've been doing it for five years. Well, yeah, exactly. And that's where you, that's where that streamlined process comes in. Well, I think that's, that's a lot of it is the workflow. It's not just the creative part. It's like do using shortcuts on the editing stuff to make things faster. Yeah. And you definitely taught me a lot of, um, beneficial stuff with that to help me, uh, streamline the process on the editing stuff. But even just aside from editing, like the, the whole YouTube thing is very much a full-time job. Mm-hmm. Like between you're filming every day of your life, you're also, you know, planning content, but you're also marketing yourself. You're talking to brands, you're um, you know, doing other things that people don't necessarily see on camera. Right. And so on the camera's perspective, it might seem like it's, you know, a vacation. Uh, and I'm not trying to complain. I'm saying it's an amazing, amazing job. Oh, yeah. I am so lucky. But um, I think there a lot more work goes into it than people realize. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm complaining either. It's a pretty amazing job. It's oh, just, absolutely. It's just, yeah. yeah. The best way I like to put it is like, if it looks like it's really easy, that's what you're going for. Exactly. And, and even though it's a lot of work. Exactly. So, anyway, yeah. so, so that's awesome. So you're up there now. Tell us, uh, what, what you're doing on your channel right now. Well, I just purchased my own sailboat back in November called Sea Gypsy. 
And so I have um, been sailing that. I bought it in New York, made it down to Florida. And um, so in the videos right now, I've actually got my mom sailing with me. How was that with your mom on board? An amazing experience. Um, I know a lot of people kind of... I might go crazy. That's what a lot of people say. I mean, I can handle it for like a week maybe with my mom on board. I love you, mom. But I mean, a week on board would be great. Yeah. But six weeks, I don't know if I could do that. Especially in in tight confines on a a small sailboat. But um, no, she was an awesome crew member. I mean, she knows how to to, um, handle me and help me. And, and, you know, everybody has their downsides. And Mm -hmm. she knows how to handle mine and I know how to handle hers but she did fantastic she definitely spewed over the side once. <laughs> did she yeah um, did you film that I did actually okay. yeah of course you need to is that it come out yet I don't know if no, I've seen it okay no but that's actually the one that I'm editing right now mm. um, but uh, she I'm did sure she's real awesome. excited about that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah well. yeah well, have you actually ever? I don't remember. Think I've seen you actually? No. I've seen you maybe get a little seasick. Like I'll get I my like seasickness is I get tired and like brain fog. Like I can't mm. focus or like read or anything. The one time that I did throw up. Oh yeah. Underway was because of the water. Yeah, we, we got some bad got water sick. in Dominican Republic. I I thought the girls because it was just Fiends with this, and they both started kind of getting queasy and throwing up. I'm like, you guys, wait, get me, come on, you got too much to drink last He's night. He's razzing on? on us, like yeah. saying that, oh, you're seasick. Oh, I never get seasick. Yeah, and then like what we get to we get to the, we get to where we're going the, the dock, and I'm like. Well, and the weird thing was, was that I actually got worse. Like I got way more sick once we stopped and we're at the dock. And that's why I was like, this is definitely not seasickness. Yeah, Yeah, it was. Yeah. So the the great guys at, uh, so they gave you, they, you won too. Did I hook Uh, it up? Yeah. Did I hook it up on yours? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Seagull, so the guys from Aquastar Distributors, uh, just AquastarDistributors.com, they sent us and they sent me new stuff for this boat too. So now I've got the Seagull 4. Um, It's really cool. It's, it's, I mean, comparatively speaking, I don't remember how much they are. They're like, I don't, I just don't remember how sorry. You can go to the website, aquastardistributors.com, but it, it filters the water down to point, 0.4 microns, which is like, uh, you get, it'll stop viruses and bacteria and stuff. So you mm-hmm. can, you can drink the water. So. Essential thing to have on the boat. Yeah. And, and I've, uh, I've also got it. So we got an ice maker outside. So I've got one on there too. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they did, they did send them to us. So, so, I mean, it's kind of a sponsorship deal, but I, I really believe in them. So absolutely. I think that's so important to have on the boat mm-hmm. and, um, and like even your water tanks can get like growth and stuff yeah, yeah. in them and so you know having a clean drinking water without using lots of plastic bottles and stuff well that's what we've been doing here is uh i'm sorry if i keep messing up the little switching sometimes sorry if i get it wrong but uh so we just get a one gallon water jug a couple of them and we just fill up a water so we just we're not using plastic over and over yeah and so they just fill it up put it in the refrigerator and that way we have cold water so mm-hmm. it's always kind of cool so now then Speaking of boats, your boat is in Florida. What's going on with your boat? Yeah, so I don't want to go into too much detail about that just because I haven't talked about that on my channel at all. So interesting stuff coming soon. Your patrons know already. Yeah, they don't. Patrons get all the inside knowledge on everything that's going on. And so they know first. Right. They they know what's going on. If you would like to become a patron of Taylor's Travels and you can figure out what's going on with the boat. Yeah. But uh, basically, it has this this first season of boat ownership mm. has been like very testing, I yeah. think. And um, 
it was a really good experience in building my confidence and my skills having challenges, I think. But uh, it gets a little defeating sometimes when it's like one wrong thing after another wrong thing. I mean, if you have a boat, you know how it goes. It's always something, right? And so um, this first season has taught me a lot, I think. Well, it's all, there's always more stuff than you think on any boat, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's uh, you buy a boat and you're like, oh, man, this thing's almost ready to go. I just need this, this, and this. And then you start getting into it and you're like, whoa, shoot. That and thing, that list goes, yeah. turns to a mile Or stuff long. it already has, like you realize, well, that actually is kind of broken. It doesn't really work very well. Or it's not the best. Like, the, you know, like I think I ha- my inverter is, is mm. like just eight, like dated, you yeah, know? Yeah, it's old. And so it technically works, but then there's always room for improvement yeah. on a lot of things. Yep. Um, and it's been like, so I made it to Florida mm-hmm. and, uh, but I was taking the intercoastal for a lot of that just, um, cause I left pretty late in the season to get down south. When, yeah, we left. Left November yeah, from New York. From New York. Okay. And then you made it to Hatteras, no, Beaufort by the end of November. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then. So just... it's like this season was like all the like cold, yeah. bitter, like those, that rough sailing experience. And like not a lot of the bikini tanning sunshine. What you're down here now? That's exactly why I'm here, so I can have a little bit of a uh, little bit of a break and have some fun. Well, I I mean, it it has been great having you back on board so far. I mean, uh, you're uh, a very talented crew member. Thank you. So. Yeah, it's been really nice to see you again. I was saying like the last time you were sailing with me on my boat. It was like three months ago or something. Yeah, so I think it was three months ago. It's it's interesting how things have changed and uh, <laughs> things I, have changed quite a bit. Yeah, I really like I really like this boat. It's very comfortable mm-hmm. and it's great cruising with you. You know, I've always got I always feel very safe and like at ease when you're, you know, doing everything. I never question you or doubt you or anything like that. You always do. A really good job. Well, thank you. I always have great confidence in you. Uh, whenever I ask you to do something or help out or whatever, you're I, I have no, I don't have to go. Okay, she's gonna hurt herself or do something. Cause yeah. I, know, I know you'll do it. So <laughs> I try. I yeah, try. Well, yeah. Sometimes you never yeah. know. But <laughs> like dropping knives on your feet. <laughs> yeah. So she did that. She dropped a knife on her foot. Well, um, it actually bounced off the table. I was trying to make a special drink. Uh huh. My well, special that, banana smoothie drink. Well, was there alcohol in it? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's <laughs> probably. Whenever something happens, alcohol is usually yeah, involved. Right? So, but yeah, no, I mean, it's been great. I mean, I think that's kind of, we're a good team because like, you know, we, we each, and by say we each have our issues, probably mostly me and you, you put up with that pretty well. No, so. we, but then that's like what I was saying with my mom. So once you get to know somebody well enough, you know how to put up with the sides of them and just move on. Like I know a lot of cruisers out there who are, um, you know, like they they hold it against each other if sure. you know something happens at anchor and you're yelling at each other which it happens mm. i mean again if, if you have I'm a boat so- you know i'm sorry for what i said when i was docking the exactly. boat i need to get that t-shirt exactly you do yeah. <laughs> but it's like if you can't move on from that and and can't let that you know slide a little bit it, you're not going to have a lot of fun well i think i think you know a lot of it's like especially you know if you're up on the bow or i'm up on the bow doing something you're back mm-hmm. here whatever you know, it, maybe get those, they're called marriage savers, like the little the thing. Because, like, a lot of yeah. times you'd be like, don't yell at me. And I'm like, I'm not yelling at you. I'm yelling so you can hear me. Yes. No, I know. And that's and that's all part of, again, the more time you get to know somebody and, and do this kind of lifestyle, the more understanding you are of 
that kind of stuff, right? Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. So, what is uh, what are your plans now? I mean, uh, hurricane season is is uh, approaching, approaching. Mm-hmm. and I know you got some issues. Uh, she's a dirty Canadian. So she's got limited time in the U.S. So that's been a big thing that I've uh, been facing. So the original plan um, was to sail down to the Keys and then um, cross over to Mexico, go down, cruise around Belize. I have an uncle who lives in Belize and I could have, you know, had somewhere to stay there with the boat and then make it to Guatemala because the Rio Dulce is a hurricane hole. Right. And so that was the original plan, um, but just with things, the boat's just not in good enough shape to do a crossing like that. And so... And kind of ran out of time, too. And that's and so now, the fact that the boat's not in good enough shape, I have to stay in the U.S., which wasn't my original plan. And now I'm out of time in the U.S., because Canadians get six months in a... or 182 days in a 365-day period. Right. And so that is coming up very shortly. Yeah. Well, and I know you had I, I, one thing that delayed you a long time was getting insurance. I know that was a pain in the ass. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people. I was actually talking to a, a yacht broker um, where I'm staying right now about that, and 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 it's not even a matter of like experience. Like I've been sailing for 11 years. It's the thing is, is that there's even people who are buying half a million dollar boats, like they're buying $500,000 catamaran because they've watched your videos or something and they've been inspired and wanting to, you know, do that lifestyle. And so they go and buy the boat and they don't have any experience. They've never sailed. They just want to, you know, live the lifestyle and they can't get insurance, you know, no matter how, it's not even like you can pay more of a premium and and pay more money. It's just, they won't even give you the option. Right. I mean, they assume that you know go get the asa ratings and all that and that's good that actually you should have that they give you a discount on your insurance but they mm-hmm. still want like boat ownership for you know x amount of years exactly because like so technically so I, yeah i've been sailing for 11 years but technically i've owned my boat for three years my one in canada mm-hmm. and even for some people that wasn't enough right and that's like give me a break you know well and i think a lot of it too was like you know you there were some issues on the survey that your insurance wanted to have cleaned up Mm -hmm. and it was kind of like uh well i'd love to do that but i got to get hauled out and then the haul out yards were like so it was this catch-22 of being you know the the one thing that was in order to bind the coverage was i think it was the prop shaft seal because that was in the survey that that needed to be done. So then I get to the boatyard and I'm like, okay, I'm going to fix this. Let's fix it so I can get insurance. And the boatyard wants proof of insurance to get hauled out. Right. So it's like, like, how how do you, how do you win in that situation? You know? And I even actually ended up saying that to the broker, the, the insurance broker, I got so frustrated and I was like, so how does anybody get insurance within their first couple of years? And he's like, that's a good question. Yeah. I obviously I'm, not happy with. I mean, my current insurance company seems pretty nice, so I'm happy. Yes, for this boat now. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. but yeah, we'll see how it goes. But anyway, it's a pain in the butt. So you got to you kind of got it all figured out now. So are yeah. you, you want to talk about what you're going to do for uh, going, you know, while during hurricane season or whatever? Or do you even know? Well, I'm kind of a fly by the seat of my pants sort of person. So, um, I mean. I've applied for an extension to stay longer in the U.S. I still don't have any word as to whether I'm going to get that. So if I don't get the extension, I will have to leave. And I'll probably be going back to Canada and 
doing the van life thing again and um you know doing i think that some of your va- some of your van life videos you said got like over a million views yeah they they that's a very big thing right now that i think a lot of people are is a very attractive to a lot of different people especially mm-hmm. that i think you know because of the virus a lot of people have transitioned into working more remotely right and so that van life thing there where there's you know maybe a year ago two years ago they wouldn't have been able to do it they were always dreaming. Now I think a lot of people are actually doing it. Well, and I think and you're, you're kind of seeing a different attitude from the millennials and stuff. Like, so the mm-hmm. YouTube for the audiences for um, the sailing channels, right? It's generally, I mean, it's the guys that are dreaming about going sailing. So I mean, like 75% of the sailing doodles viewers, and I'm sure yours is probably a little bit skewed differently, mm-hmm. but it's probably started out as mostly sailing doodles viewers. Yeah. And so it was like 75% are 45 and over. Whereas, like average YouTube watchers, like eighty percent, forty five and younger, mm-hmm. right? And so there's a different demographic there. And so maybe you know the the, the van lifers is some of the millennials kind of look for, you know. Plus, then there's the whole uh, kind of movement with the millennials going on. It's like like the fire. What do they call it? I was watching a video on earlier today. It's like financial independence, retire early. So they're like downsizing even if they make fifty thousand dollars a year they're living on twenty five thousand and like mm-hmm. saving the rest so they can retire when they're like thirty five. Well and and you know that age group too is um more focused on the experience, like experiences mm-hmm. in life. They're right. not like necessarily focused on you know what society is telling them is right is you know work hard for however many years. Keep and up with retire. the Joneses. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's transitioned on a massive scale between that age group that that they're like why would i want to you know do something that i'm not enjoying for half of my life i want to do what i want to enjoy now well and like you know a lot of them like i know like a lot of my cousins and stuff you know they're not they're not buying cars right they're not buying houses Mm -hmm. uh you know they're living in the city and they're taking you know ubers or whatever and then you know they're not buying a house so they're renting a cheap place and so you know they're 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 not spending as much as they used to and i think that's kind of an issue like going forward with the financial stuff like car manufacturers and all that are like "Eh, you know what's going on with that yeah yeah and you know like this the whether it's um i'll just blanket it all into alternative living Mm -hmm. whether it's van life or boat life or you know rv life or whatever the traveling lifestyle a lot of people think that it's like so unattainable but when you do make those certain sacrifices of say okay um you know my biggest thing that i say is alleviating your rent that if you can put pocket that money yeah then it's totally doable to to live that more alternative lifestyle but go ahead sorry it just involves like different sacrifices so people who think that you know oh i'd never be able to do that you know, with the job that I have, et cetera, there's always a way you can make it work. Well, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, say uh, a lot of people that dream about doing this lifestyle and stuff like that. I mean, you can, you know, maybe the, instead of, you know, you're, you're got a $500 a month car payment and then you got 1500 a month rent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you were to buy a $40,000 boat, replace your car payment with that. Right. And so then you pay it off, pay it off in five years or whatever while you live on it. So you're not, you know, that $1,500 rent, at least you're living on the boat, fixing it up and all that. And it's going towards something that you actually own. Right, right. So, like, I bought my camper van when I was 18, and a lot of people my age were paying $1,500 for rent, going to school, etc. And so then, you know, then I was able to travel out west, and I lived in the mountains and stuff, and I wasn't... Then that allowed me to travel 
while having a home base and not paying rent. Like I, that money that I spent on my van, then I outright owned it. Yeah. And, and I think that's, uh, I mean, that's, that was an issue that's been, an, uh, so I hate to quote fight club, but, uh, the things you own end up owning you. Right. So you got a mortgage payment, you got a car payment, all that. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm just saying like, mm-hmm. but like that, and you got credit card debt and all that. I mean, like I, finding people like to come crew on this can sometimes be hard because it's like, Oh, I'd love to do that, but I got a car payment. I got it. I'm like, they have all these bills. They can't just leave, you know, they have to keep stay there. And so it's like, it kind of, you kind of get stuck in this debt trap in the United States where, Absolutely. where it's like, you know, they, you know, they give you a $200,000 student loan when you're 18 and have no idea. And then they, like, I remember I was in college. I never got one, but they were giving credit cards to like freshmen in college where have no idea what, you know, like, oh, free money. Sure. I don't have to pay it back for like five years. Great. And then they come graduate college and they're over a hundred thousand dollars in debt. Exactly. And then, you know, they're never going to pay that off. And I think that that is the big thing that has allowed me to travel so much and live kind of more of a freedom-based lifestyle at such a young age was that I didn't go to school and didn't have that debt. I was like getting out of high school or whatever. I was terrified of having debt. I didn't want to start my life out a hundred thousand dollars in debt to go to school. And I didn't, I personally, I'm not saying that's this for everybody, but I personally didn't have that one thing that I knew that I really wanted to do it for college or university. And so I think that was a kind of a blessing in disguise, but it was very frowned upon between like, you know, teachers and even other parents were looking at my family going, Oh, you're not making her go to college. Like, what are you doing? And now that ended up working in my favor, you know? Well, I mean, I wish I don't, I don't foresee it happening anytime soon, but I think in my opinion, kind of the solution to all this education issues, like trying to, you know, with, with all the student debt and all that and, and just the bloated budgets of these colleges. I mean, like I was watching a show the other day, the average tuition in 1990 was like $3,800 adjusted for inflation. Now it's over 10000 And the thing about that, too, is that the, the value of that degree or whatever you're getting yeah. doesn't even have the same leverage anymore as it did back then. Well, yeah. And so I think the, I, I would, the way I would like to see the solutions go is like, okay, it is nice having that general knowledge of a bachelor's degree. You get all this stuff, but realistically, what are you going to do with it? Are you, do you want to be a journalist? Okay. Then take a six month course on how to be a journalist and only study journalism stuff. And okay. You might need some literature stuff too. If your grammar wasn't very good in high school or whatever, but you know, learn all that stuff. Or if you want to create video games, okay. You can take a year long course or six long instead of having to waste all this stuff on philosophy and, 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 and all that's that. exactly it. And so that was why like back then it was first of all, less money and having that sort of degree really set you apart. It made you mm-hmm. special. If, if to a employer, they would, you know, notice that and pick you over anybody else because that did was distinguishable. Mm-hmm. But now because of the internet age, yeah. you can learn anything you want to learn online. If yeah. you, if you are a self motivator and you have the desire, you could, yeah, if you wanted to make video games and program that you could learn how to do that online yeah. you wouldn't need to and so now employers i mean i think are looking more at that experience right like it's they would almost take if you've got five years of experience programming successful video games versus somebody who went to school for it but is just starting out and doesn't really have the practical experience they might now choose somebody with the the life experience on that yeah i, I think it's um 
it is changing. I mean, it, uh, you know, as the as like my generation becomes more like the CEOs of companies and stuff like that, I think you will see that mind shift. But like, I mean, like my former company, um, I was I was the head of the flight department, and so I we needed to hire a new pilot, and so I through whatever I got a resume from a guy, I interviewed him. I really liked him. He was he had a ton of experience in the airplanes we already flew and everything, um, but he never finished college, right? And so I mean, I didn't have a problem with that. I'm like, okay, you're a nice guy, you're smart, you can handle the airplane, you're whatever, you're experience. good experience. And then I so we go interview with my boss. And I thought the interview print went pretty well, whatever. And then so after the guy leaves, we're, I'm kind of debriefing with my boss. And my boss is like, yeah, but he never finished college. And I'm like, well, I mean, okay, wait, so is that why is that an issue? And he mm-hmm. said, well, it shows he can finish something. And I'm like, where it shows he didn't have enough money. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. it's one thing. I mean, It like, does go both ways with yeah. that, for sure. I mean, there is, but it's, it's also, I mean, like, it's easy to say, um, you know, like, uh, so like my boss, I mean, okay, he was kind of had a wealthy family, right? So mm-hmm. it, it wasn't an issue for him. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It, 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 yeah, it shows you can finish something, but you know, not everybody starts off in the same circumstances. Exactly. And there's a lot of circumstances that go into that, Yeah, that, you know, are contributing factors to that. Yeah. And it was, uh, and you know, it, hard work is mm-hmm. definitely something that will get you far, but so is luck. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're born into that wealthy family, you already have a leg up. Yeah, you know, that, yeah so. exactly. Uh-huh. And that's like the one thing that always gets me when people like assume that I'm from like some wealthy family or like it's my parents' money that, you know, I got the boat. It's like, no, I've worked for everything that I've gotten mm-hmm. and made that happen myself. It's not that. And, and so that's where it's like some people do start ahead and some people don't, but it, you can still m- make it work. Sure. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it's absolutely. I mean, it's it's about what you put in, you get out. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? The mm-hmm. hard work. So anyway, so what's uh, so what is the van life? What are you going to do? What do you have? What kind of van is it? So it's a 1989 road trek. It's a Dodge. And uh, I just love it's that. It's older thing. than you are by yeah. 10 years. I, that, so all of like my motorcycle, my camper van, and both of my sailboats are all in that, that year range. Cause they, I just think things were made better back then, personally. Well, you have an affinity for older things. Oh gosh. Come on now. <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, the camper van, um, it is, it's very similar to boat life in many ways, I think. And um, my plans, when I if I do go back to Canada, would be to take it out west to the mountains, because Ontario is beautiful in Canada. The fact that we have the Great Lakes is amazing. But as far as like the van life thing, it was a lot more fun out west. Yeah, out what, in the is mountains. it just? There's more stuff to do or something or what? Yeah, and like more, uh, it's a little more wild and definitely more opportunity for experiences and adventures. Well, yeah, I was going to go, okay, so it's probably, it's less populated, right? So there's more places to go explore and mm-hmm. kind of boondock mm-hmm. or whatever, right? So like in Ontario, it's, it's especially southern Ontario, is the most densely populated part of all of Canada. How many people live in Canada? Oh, pff, couldn't tell you that off okay. the top of my head. All right. Um... And, and they're saying it right now in the comments. Yeah, exactly. Please tell me, uh-huh. educate me. Yeah. And so, I mean, getting, you know, if I wanted to go for an, I like to, this is just me personally. I like to go for the adventures that I'm getting away from people and I'm going into nature or whatever. And so in Southern Ontario, it's so populated that you have to drive for an hour and a half to get to that 
you know, adventure spot. Right. Whereas out West you drive 15 minutes and you're away from everybody yeah. and in a beautiful location. So spe- speaking of comments, like I know they can be difficult at times. Like mm-hmm. how have you handled that? Cause like I, I basically had to stop reading comments. I mean, I'll read the patrons comments and stuff like that. Like if I, I like I always post a video, uh, I'll, like I just released a video to patrons this morning. Right. So they get it at least a day ahead of everybody else. And then, so I'll, I'll read all those comments for the first day and then the comments on Patreon and stuff like that. Or well, now I'll, those I'll are valuable opinions. Right. Like the thing with Patreon is that they're actually giving you the valuable right. feedback and their opinions you'll take, you know, with, with sure. a little more weight because they're, actually contributing to your future and, and then you can take that take their opinions to be like okay this is how maybe i can do better mm-hmm. but for the most part they're all supportive sure and so then but like once the con once it goes live you know i mean 95 percent of the comments will be positive and they'll be like hey that's awesome whatever blah 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 but it's that five percent that you read and you're like how do you that sticks with you you know i, I mean? think that's just human nature like you can't just so even when i was sailing with bobby he was like you know, don't read the comments, don't read the comments. And so I, d- I got out of that. And now with my own channel, because it's literally my job to go through that, I can't possibly read all the comments. I act, I don't. Like 600 comments on a video. Yeah, yeah. I can't filter through all of that. But like you said, there's it's just like human nature that those ones that piss you off or, you know, kind of upset you do stick in your brain. And so I feel like I've handled it pretty well. I definitely, like there's some that I want to like, snap back at them but i've had to restrain myself a little bit well it's like you know when it's the anonymity of the internet right i mean like nobody would ever say that stuff in person mm-hmm. right and it's just like okay if you wouldn't say it in person just don't say it you know i mean and I, I like i'll even post stuff on instagram or facebook and then people will reply to that like like ah well look at bobby he's doing whatever something like that and i'm like no i actually posted that like that's not like a third party that you can reply to me yeah. not not just in third person you yeah. know what i mean it's like they don't they don't realize that yes uh, if you're watching a tv show on network okay then that's you know it's highly produced and all that no this is us doing it you know? and so the the unique thing that i think in particular that kind of feeds trolls on youtube is like as opposed to facebook or instagram is that you like on youtube you can't like go and click onto the person's profile and Mm. see what their life is like so on facebook if somebody trolls you on facebook yeah you can go to their profile see who they are see their wife and kids see what they post and you could equally make fun of them or whatever you know but on youtube it's that added level of getting to hide behind a computer screen because i couldn't even go and look at their profile then and, yeah. and, you know, so that's especially where the trolls just like to come out because they know that they can hide behind that. Totally. I, I remember, I think I can't, my, it, my, it was either Facebook or Instagram. This is a while back. But I still remember this this one woman posted, I think it was on either Instagram or whatever. Uh, she's like, all you show are girls in bikinis or something. And I'm like, and so then I go look at her profile and she's in a bikini and half her pictures. And I'm like... What, exactly. What are you? Uh, what, exactly. What are you doing? <laughs> you know. But it's just. I know. I know. And and again, that added thing that makes the YouTube thing like another unique issue with that is that like you were saying, so c- celebrities like Angelina Jolie or Brad Pitt or whatever, those people, you know, people can be fans of them or hate on them, but people can't directly access those people. They can't right. tell. You can't comment on brad pitt or text brad pitt and right. be like you know i think this of you right whereas the youtube thing people have a lot more of a direct 
line of communication to the artist or the creator themselves, which again almost feeds the trolls right and because they're like oh i I know he's gonna read this or you know it's that mentality that they actually are getting to you whereas with higher level celebrities that would never be able to happen well but i mean uh, brad pitt you know gets tabloid stuff yeah you get the magazine yeah no i mean you can't tell me they're not at least somewhat aware of that Oh, absolutely. i I mean like somebody's gonna be like hey have you seen your national Enquirer? says you got angelina jolie pregnant with (laughs) something yeah yeah Uh, so and that's where like the youtube thing is a very unique kind of enigma of the social media world well you're an f-list celebrity that's what i call it uh, so I, have you been rec- you, i think you said you have you've been recognized several times yeah like when i was sailing with you it definitely happened a lot more with you um and i think the sailing world makes the world makes a small world smaller yeah. so you're going into a marina where it's all concentrated people who watch you know the boating videos and so you got recognized almost every single place you went and and but you were really good with it and so that was kind of good for me to see um you know with you how you handled that and people are almost always super yeah. nice super super nice if they're, they're willing to come up to you in person sure they're always positive yeah. and so i've had it i haven't had it very much but i think i, I had it the other day at like the hardware stores oh, really? i got there recognized go. and uh and so it, it's like a new thing for me to be recognized just on my own so it's a little odd um, and especially being kind of like a single woman that like for you being a man is a bit different because you have a lot of the guys who are fans of you. And so when they come up to you, it's like, hey, bro, sort of thing. Whereas for me, having, you know, like men that I don't know or whatever coming up to me, like and I think I don't want to go into too much detail, <laughs> but I had a guy dingy up to my boat. Oh, yeah. And that made me it. extremely uncomfortable. Yeah, like, yeah. And so being, I think, a single woman poses a un- unique challenge with that. Right. And, Again, with like the come sail with me thing, I would love to be able to bring patrons or, you know, viewers on board to come sail with me as kind of a perk. But then again, there's that like safety and security issue that maybe you wouldn't face as much being kind of a dude who, you know, has multiple crew members on or whatever. Kind of a dude. Kind of a dude. Kind of. Thanks. (laughs) Kind of a dude. I appreciate that. Awesome. And so I don't know, like as much as I really wish that I could invite people to come sailing with me, I just, you know, h- how do you filter through the creeps and, and not creeps? And, <laughs> yeah. you know, because it's a, it's a, the internet is a big world. It is. And especially for, you know, a young single woman, it's, you know, can be. How, so how was it? I mean, single handing uh, going down the ICW? Yeah. So single, single handed sailing. Um, that first one that I did was, was really enjoyable. I felt a huge sense of accomplishment and and as much as it's i wouldn't say it's as much fun like obviously having people around to share the memories with is is a lot more fun but it's one of those personal things that you know feelings that you can only get by doing something yourself right you know um there was a few moments that got a little hairy and and things happen and things go wrong and that's but ultimately i think that really made me step up to the plate uh, you know, as the captain of my own boat and made me, it ultimately kind of gave me a bit more confidence in being like, okay, so something did happen. It was scary. It was bad, but I handled it. And it's, it's 
being able to to have that confidence in yourself. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, you can be crew in somebody else's boat, but you, so you never really have that responsibility. So, you, just, you know, it's just kind of, honestly, I mean, it is kind of nice being crew in somebody else's boat because mm-hmm. I can just kick back and be like, all right, yeah, you, okay, I'll do that. Sure, let's mm-hmm. do it. You know, right? mm-hmm. but when you're actually the captain on the boat, you have to be responsible. You have to be thinking about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, like, you know, you know we're underway so we're, we're doing an overnighter or whatever the crew it's just like okay it's I'm, I'm on for watch but then they can go go to bed and not even think about it right whereas like if it's i'm off watch the i'm laying in, never shuts yeah I'm, I'm laying in bed going, what was that noise what was yeah. that you know it's yeah. like was that normal was that you know or something so it's mm-hmm. like you know you always have to be and that was like what I, was the big learning thing for me this season like as opposed to being crew with you i mean obviously we worked really well together and but it was still i never had that same level of responsibility because you were the one doing that and so having it be me and and especially okay so i had crew with my mom and that made a big difference in help but when things go wrong when you're by yourself like you know say the autopilot stops working mm-hmm. and then something happens downstairs like in the engine compartment yeah. that you need to work on so i can't then i can't have somebody steering the boat and i can't go work on it so it's like that you know being single-handed does ha- pose its own challenges for sure, sure. and oh, when absolutely. things go wrong yeah. when you're solo it's worse yeah uh with, with my debacle back in november i don't mm-hmm. know that i mean having crew on there would have made a difference yeah, I, with, with the type of failure I had. Yeah. It just would have been a little easier maybe to handle. But, and so like, that's why a lot of people are like, why would you go solo or this blah, blah, blah. The fact that you were solo had absolutely nothing to do with what happened. Right. Really. But, it, but if it had been, okay, say if the autopilot had stopped working during that time too, then I would have been, then I would have been screwed. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of those things that there's, being single-handed, I mean, it, you can do it just fine as long as, you know, maybe you can handle one or two failures, okay, but if there's multiple cascading failures, then it's that's where it becomes an issue. Yeah, overwhelming and, yeah. and not possible. Because, yeah, I mean, if I had, had to hand steer and deal with all the other crap, I mean, geez, I don't know what I would have done. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, and, and so when I got the boat, I mean, I didn't have, I mean, an exact plan for crew, but, you know, at the time, I was like, well... I've got a lot of friends who would love to be able to come for a week or two yeah. and, and join me. And so I never really thought to, it wasn't like my intention was to single hand. It just kind of happened and it was a good experience for me, but ideally I did want to have crew and, um, you know, a lot of my friends being Canadian with some of the restrictions that are in place now, it's just not possible for them to take off for two right. weeks and then come back and have to do a two week quarantine, you know, in a hotel or whatever. And so that, that was a little tough this season. Not, I assumed I would be able to have the help from my friends and it would be a lot of fun. And so the fact that I couldn't easily have them come forced me to single hand and and you know made it not that fun party yacht life that everyone thinks it is well plus you weren't i mean you were just going down the icw i mean it's not real glamorous and it was cold too and i was going down the icw because i was solo i didn't want to be doing offshore stuff solo you know yeah i guess you could have got if you if yeah you could have gotten down like to florida a lot faster i mean because we did it we did it what well, we left in a month less than a month we did from, from annapolis, annapolis yeah all the way down all the f- to fort lauderdale yeah but we did like what two or three like four, 40 two well but like 24 to 48 hour jumps yeah exactly and yeah. so that was the thing like 
you know, I thought that I would be able to make it down to Florida a lot quicker. That fly has been attacking me all day. I'm telling <laughs> didn't he, I was eating breakfast earlier and he just would he not leave me on. Now he's gonna he's he's got his, he's, he's got your back. scent. He's gonna he's gonna mess with you. I'm telling you. Uh it, uh, yeah, but, but yeah, I, I would have been able to make it to Florida a lot quicker had I had the crew because I would have been able to do those 24, 48 hour hops. But, you know, being solo, that slowed me down a lot and yeah. forced me to take the ICW. Yeah. And it kind of I mean, I, it, so you had basically three months of kind of not fun sailing and all that. So, yeah. you know, you got the bad side. I, you got the bad side of the, the experience. You, you're not now you're not down here in this beautiful water. So. Yeah. So, yeah, I feel like this first season I got. A lot of the realities and like the negatives of boat ownership that every boat owner knows, you know, stuff always goes wrong. There's sure. always something. And so I, and I knew that. I knew that even just from sailing with you, that it was not going to be sunshine and rainbows. Like I didn't have unrealistic expectations of what it was going to be like. But the first season this uh, of my own boat has been a lot of the negatives and not as many of the positives. Like usually the positives outweigh the negatives where you, you know, you sit down at anchor and there's a beautiful sunset and you have a drink or you go for a swim and it's like, okay, that just made up for all of the bad stuff that I that just went through. That was yesterday. Right? Yeah. Basically, that's what we did exactly. yesterday. Exactly. And so I haven't like had that. I haven't gotten to go swimming off my boat in beautiful blue water or go, you know, like I haven't had as many of those positives to make up for all the negatives that have happened. Mm -hmm. But I know that I'm setting myself up for a good season next season. And I think that next season is going to be a really good time. So where are you planning to go next season? I think going back to that original plan of Mexico, Belize and Guatemala, basically. Sorry, that flies. Yeah. Okay, sorry. If you're listening to this, there's a fly attacking us, and it's rather annoying. Can I get him? <laughs> you missed him. Okay, oh. don't clap right in front of the microphone. That's great. <laughs> anyway, sorry. So, okay, I'm sorry. Uh, you were saying down to the Keys and then Mexico, or what did you say? <laughs> He's like, you're having a... a yeah, okay, whatever. Just ignore it. Just ignore the fly. We're ignoring the fly. Okay. Um, and... Uh, all right. Well, that's it's that's it sounds like a good one to me. Mm -hmm. I, you're well. I mean, hey, during hurricane season I mean, or the rest of the season, while your boat's on the hard, you can come down here mm -hmm. and uh, crew for me. Yeah, figure I'd love out. To. All right. I love to help. Um, you know, whenever I can. Okay. And um, there's a couple other people that I might crew for, and obviously the van life thing is going to happen. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah and right. Um, but whenever I've got a, a free week or two, I'd definitely come down. Okay. What was that? Thank hitting the the mooring the mooring ball yeah. yeah so we're at anchor right now off of culebra uh we're in, or sorry in a mooring ball yeah and uh so the mooring ball was hitting the hole we think so this is a beautiful spot here like we we jumped off the boat and went for a swim yesterday yeah we need to do that you said oh. there was um so we've got uh, uh sydney with us um she was gonna crew for you and then yeah so that was pretty funny so i had arranged to to have sid come and crew for me um she's an awesome hard-working smart girl and then, you know, things kind of went wrong with my boat and it was like, well, uh, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> right. So then we both came and joined Bobby. Yeah, there you go. Hey, it's a win-win. Yeah, exactly. Great. Yeah. All right. Well, I, you know, I'm really proud of you for everything you've done and you are an amazing young woman. And so give Taylor's Travels uh, a, a follow on uh, YouTube and Instagram is the same and all that. So. Mm -hmm. And uh, appreciate you guys for tuning in to another uh, Sailor News podcast. Please uh, subscribe, follow. It's available on audio format wherever you get your audio podcasts and, of course, on YouTube.